losses that made you feel all warm and gooey inside and give you all of the wonderful feelings. Well, apparently not. And of course, who else would I want on to talk about this butte more than uh, the one and only Zach, Zach, I can't even say your last name. Zach Deluzio. <laughs> it's been a long night, man. It, it, it was. I. I mean, I still have the ability to speak. I haven't even drank a sip of alcohol tonight, which is shocking. You would have thought that tonight would be the one where I, I would, you know, I break into the the good scotch. It kind of turns into like this zombie like feature after a while, at least for me. I'm just staring at the TV. My girlfriend's like, "What's wrong with him?" <laughs> What's happening? What have I done? Why? Why do I? Why do I do this? And I'm thinking the same thing to be honest, because that was just well. What the fuck? I'm uh, sorry. No, <laughs> no, uh, no. It was what the fuck. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the impossible, and I'm going to start this off with something positive, which is that this is the the this is the thirteenth game they've played, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, th- whatever, thirteenth or fourteenth. This is the first one of these, um, and I I know I said something to that effect on Twitter. And someone came back at me with like the Miami game. That's exactly what I was going to say. But the, they were they kept the Miami game close for a half, and then yeah, got their doors. So no, they got their doors blown off in the third quarter. But it wasn't. I didn't get the sense that 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 game was like they like just you know they they slowly let go of the rope. Yeah, this game yeah. it was like they had they didn't even want to touch the rope before no. the game started. There was no rope. It was just falling. There was, falling. There just was falling no backwards. rope. Um, yeah. Okay. So where do we start, man? I mean, <laughs> where where do you want to go with this one? You you I, tee it off. Man, I don't even know because there's so many ways. It, it was really just the effort, right? Like what? I, I think it's. Nothing. Yeah, no, I think it's a combination of the effort, the fact that they're not a very good team, and the fact that even aside from being not a very good team, um, they weren't hitting shots even more than usual. Yeah, and it really it really did spiral quickly. Uh, and the thing is, like, I think the worst part of this is that it was Orlando, and it was not just Orlando. It was Orlando without Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon. Yeah. No, well said. Um, so this was DJ Augustine and, and Terrence Ross. <laughs> like, okay, Vucevic always kills us. That's a given. I whatever. But Terrence Ross, DJ Augustine, come on. Uh, Terrence Ross was looking like uh, Clay Thompson out there. Yeah. The way he was was draining threes. And you know, when games get out of hand like this, there's usually some. You know, when it's a bad team destroying 
another bad team, there's usually something you could look towards that like, eh, that's that's a little odd. And for me tonight, it was uh, Terrence Ross going, f- f- I can't believe, I can't even say this with a straight face, five for eight from three. I don't know what's worse, him going five for eight from three or Jared Grant. Grant going three for <laughs> yeah. six. I don't, I don't think Jerry Grant hit three, point, three three-pointers all season before this game it's tonight. It's wild, but this is what happens, right? Like, yeah. When you let a team start feeling like they're the best team in the league, which, I mean, obviously they're not, but they start feeling themselves like that when yeah. you let them do what they did in the first quarter, and that's it. And then they start playing confident, and then you get Jaron Grant hitting three or six threes. I mean, did you notice in the second half when Mitch Robinson came in there? And we could talk about that at some point because that was pretty impressive. Well, but... let's – yeah, actually, let's let's go there right now and because and, I think that's, that's the conversation, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. yeah, once he came in – I mean, it actually changed. The Orlando Magic started looking like the Orlando Magic again. It's <laughs> not a coincidence. Like all of a sudden, there's someone actually protecting the rim and, and kind of defending at the five spot. I it's a huge difference. So, um, for anybody who actually did watch this abomination of a game, uh, you would have seen that Mitch Robinson got his second foul within two minutes and change, had to go to the bench. Now. Granted, the Knicks at that point were already down, I believe, ten to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm I wanna preface this by saying I am not saying that this is this game was all on Ina's Cantor. Um it it certainly was not. I'm not trying to pile on someone who doesn't deserve, you know, any more or less of the blame than, than anybody else tonight. That being said, if you have a defense that is not going well and you then insert Cantor into that yeah. situation, your chances of staying on the edge of the cliff evaporate. Yeah, and it was it was awful. Just awful. Every single play, it seemed like they were going after him every well, can single you, play. Can you actually take people through specifically what were the Magic doing that were putting Cantor well, in these spots? So a lot of the time what the Knicks want to do is – I'm still trying to figure out the specifics, but it seems like what they do when Mitch Robinson is in at center with Vonley is they try to they switch a lot more. Yes. Uh, when Cantor is out there, they sometimes play drop coverage. Lately, they've been doing a little more uh, kind of hedge show type deal, uh, like almost trapping kind of, uh, which worked actually for like a couple games, kind of. But it seems like teams are caught on to that, and they were making – Cantor string out the show. So, like, if he's going horizontal, they're making him go even further. And it was just embarrassing. They would just walk right by him and get, and get to the rim, and that blows up the whole thing. If you let him get that way, that's the whole thing that he's supposed to be stopping. That's the purpose of hedging. Yeah, and ju- could I, because I'm sure there's some people out there who don't know exactly what hedging is. Can you yeah. just give a brief explanation? Well, that's tough to say without, like, being able to draw it. It's like a... When Cantor comes up to defend the pick and roll, and him and the uh, on-ball defender are are making kind of a, a ninety-degree angle. Gotcha. So it forces the ball handler. Cantor's job is to keep the ball handler from getting past him. He's supposed to just move his feet, keep him in front, and that's it. And then recover to his man uh, because it should ideally force the ball handler to like turn around, giving his man time to recover, and then letting Cantor recover after that. So it can work. I mean, uh, you. the reason I say I, I agree with you when you say it's not all Cantor's fault, 
is because he probably shouldn't be playing that type of defense in the first place. But I think that's kind of what Fisdale wants to do, just kind of be an aggressive defensive team. And just to, to pick up on a point that, you know, I, I caught some shit because I tweeted out after the the Raptors game that the thing that I'm now convinced of is that I think Cantor needs to get bought out at some point um, this season. And the reason is because clearly David Fisdale is instituting a scheme that he would like not only to exist this year, but, mm-hmm. you know, years going forward. Right. When the team starts to get more of the athletic personnel that Steve Mills and Scott Perry clearly feel that they need. Um, right. And that's wonderful. And it's it would just be more helpful if at least the guys that you put in to execute that scheme have a prayer of succeeding at yeah. it. Because really, at this point, what it is is they run a certain scheme, and then when Ennis comes in, everything changes. Yeah. And that can't be helpful for them either. I mean, you're talking now they have to change everything every time it comes in the game. Uh, yeah. And that goes for both ends of the floor, actually. So uh, I, I get where you're coming from. I'm basically with you, to be honest. Yeah, and, and again, I'm, I, I can say that and also say that Cantor – for all of his flaws, might still be there, I don't know, second, third, fourth best player, and I put like huge air quotes around best because what yeah. does that even mean on this team? Right. But I, I'm, I'm not saying he does not have incredibly valuable qualities, but on this team, for this season, it's, yeah. it's just, it, you know, it doesn't make for, sense. For but, what you're trying to build, it does not make sense. I think what you saw with him in Oklahoma City was the ideal thing for him where he's not posting up really at all yes. because you got Westbrook doing everything and he can just feast on those rebounds and that's their, what their whole team identity is and he can come off the bench and, and that's your whole thing that I think is the best use of him but how many teams can do that I don't know that's a different question but yeah. it's not this team that's for sure um, so other than that I mean the team couldn't buy a three I think they were one for their first I want to say they were like one for their first or two for their first 20, something like that. What's the, did it get that bad? It, it, I stopped I paying attention. It, 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 was, it got pretty bad because I know they hit a few at the end that were garbage and they, yeah, they finished 5 for 28 for a rousing 17.9% oh, from God. deep. Um, yeah, I mean, they were a step slow. Should we touch? I mean, I have, I'm literally, I have the post game paused uh, right now. Uh, uh, as David Fisdale is about to say his comments, and let's do this. Let's have some fun. What do you think Fisdale is going to say when asked uh, about Frank Nilakina playing only oh, six minutes? Oh, uh, well, okay. So I would say my what my problem is because I look. I would have wanted to see him play more than six minutes. That's kind of crazy to me, but. A, Trey Burke kind of gave a little something, and and even if it's normal Trey Burke stuff, you know, where he's hitting shots but kind of giving it up, and on the other end a little bit but not passing it enough, but you're in a 30-point hole at halftime. you got to try it. So I get that. And on the other hand, Frank has been, like, turning the ball over a lot, which is really kind of a problem. I'm not worried about the missing shots. I don't really care about missing shots, but I care about the turnovers. Uh, what do you think? Uh, so I unintentionally just cheated because I picked up my phone <laughs> as you were starting to speak, and uh, I get notifications whenever Ian Begley tweets something out. Right. And he has this. On sitting Frank Nilakina after just six minutes, David Fisdale said the Knicks were struggling 
really? <laughs> you could have <Yeah>. <laughs> knocked me over with a feather on that one. And he wanted to see other lineup combinations. He also mentioned that Nilakina has been struggling with his shot, and he was looking for more offense from Trey Burke. To me, that reads as this kid is in a bad place right now, and yeah. I am afraid that putting him out there is only going to get him in a worse place. Um, I mean, look, it, again, like you, you hit the nail on the head, which we agree a lot. I think we agree too much. Yeah, least. right. We got to start coming up with stuff that we disagree. We with really so we do. Can fight. Um, <laughs> and the thing that I agree with you on is, it's you're never going to be mad if you're this coaching staff, or you know, for me, this fan base. Um, if he's missing shots, it's when that seeps over into other areas of his game. Right. And um, there was the lazy pass you're talking about, which I have a feeling was probably the final straw tonight, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I, I I know this is kind of sacrilegious to say, but and and he had the one highlight block, which was great. But he also was I didn't think he was his usual on on the no. All aggressive self on defense. I, I would tend to agree. I wasn't paying attention too closely because I was kind of having a, a meltdown <laughs> <laughs> in my own head as well. No, but yeah, fair. I got that. I mean, with, with the way they were getting their offense going uh, so quickly. Yes. And, and just, it was just, you know, this whole game was just such an anomaly in so many ways that it's hard to even extract that kind of information you know what i mean yeah i mean what you know what can you pull of a guy's you know for a six minute right. stint yeah i mean yeah whatever it's it is what it is that's that I, we have a lot of possible uh titles for this podcast it is what it is um there was no rope i like that one yeah too. um well, uh, okay it, it happens right you knew it I, yeah. I even i when you were saying that in the beginning like oh we thought There'd be no more losses like this. I was like, man, I kind of fell for that too. I'm gonna be honest. No, and 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 you know what? As a fan, when you you know you put the two things together, like youngest team in the league, plus <laughs> new coach who has a reputation of like getting guys fired up, you think yeah. you know what? Maybe maybe we're not gonna have any of those types of games. But listen, Breen said it. Uh, I think he was quoting. UB Brown towards the end yeah. of the game saying yes. that it doesn't matter who you are, every NBA team is going team is going to have f- about five games like this at some point during the year. So I think that's wise words. Yeah, no, I mean if this is one of the five, it's true. It's, it, it's it's, cool. it's easy to forget sometimes, uh, but yeah, I I totally agree with that. It's just one of those, and unfortunately, that I mean, what else is there to say? I guess. What did you think of Kevin Knox tonight? Yeah, that, I actually see again. You're two <laughs> great minds. Uh, I thought even, you know, the, 90% of the stuff in the NBA that you see during garbage time, I think you could throw out the window. I think what we saw from Knox tonight late in the game fell into that 10%. I thought he started to find the version of himself that is going to be a begin to become a successful player in the league. Um, he had the putback dunk, which was cool. Uh, finished with 17 points, got to the line 10 times. Which, was it really 10? Yeah, he got there 10 times. What? Yeah, wow. I know. Um, you know, and, and if you look at his – so this is one of those great examples of, like, you look at the field goals, he was 4 for 11. Oh, bad shooting game. 
But took a ton of threes, right? At, at the end of the at the end of the day, seventeen points on eleven shots, and that's due to ten field goal or ten free throw attempts, excuse me, and two for six from three. Yeah, like that's a good stat line. And that's the, that's the shot profile that you're looking for. I think he only took one, maybe two mid range jumpers. Uh, one sticks out in my head. There might have been a second one that I'm. Yeah, where he was kind of getting doubled and kind of chucked it up anyway. Yes. that's one I remember. Yeah, uh, there may have been one more. I don't remember. Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I like what I've been seeing from him since he came back. Yeah, uh, I liked what he did yesterday too, as well. In the Raptors game, I know he didn't put up very good numbers, but uh, yeah, that's gonna happen. I, he's he's uh, looking better. You know, it's it's odd, um, despite the fact that you know Trier's done what he's done and Mitch has done what he's done, and they've been on the better side. Um, and Knox has been injured, and you know hasn't put up num- like in the short stints of time mm-hmm. he's played since he got back, hasn't put up numbers. I'm not worried about him. He's the one I'm least worried about. That guy, yeah. I think, is just... I think he's just going to be a solid pro. Uh, you know, it's very early, but... I agree. Just, it's the gut feeling. So. The way he shoots the ball is uh, yeah. impressive. Yeah. And the fact, like, this is the second time. Both times it was 17 points. In both games, against the Nets and in this game, it was like, you look at the box score and you're like, what? You got 17? Yeah. It's like the quietest 17. Yeah, and I think, and look, granted, a lot of that came in garbage time, and it's <laughs> totally um, puts an asterisk on it. But oh, yeah. Again, just the, the kind of the way he got the points. Yeah, All I like right. that putback. Uh, What'd you say? The putback. Yes. Oh. Real nice putback. Oh, the putback. Nice. the putback was awesome. I mean, down 30, but whatever. <laughs> it still counts. It's all, it all looks good in the box score. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to hit before we mercifully bury this uh, stinking game in yeah, a seriously. In a never hole in the backyard? Never talk about this again. This I, one's... I'm comfortable with that. I am comfortable yeah. with, with never <laughs> uttering this game again. Did we wait? Did we um? Did we skip Mitchell Robinson? Or did because we brought him up and then I feel like I went on some kind of tangent on Panther. Oh uh, yeah. So <laughs> then, all right, we, we could talk about it. So then, let's too. end on a positive note. Yeah, what did you um, think? Here's what I think about Mitchell Robinson. I think when I'm looking at him, I see possibly. Clint Capella on defense, which is obviously the comp that has that has been made. Um, but I also see a guy that if, like, his... I know his hands aren't always great, but his ability to just levitate, and I only... I think he only had one lob dunk tonight. Um, it's just... You've, you envision what this kid could become, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Really? What do you think? I know. Same exact thing. Capella, I think, is a good comp both ways. Uh, shot blocking, mobile guy who can actually switch out. I think Robinson's going to be able to do that. His footwork is a little uh, shaky still at this point. Uh, but, you but know, actually, well, well, I have you, on, you bringing up his footwork. You did a piece over the summer looking at his summer league oh, tape yeah. extensively. Oh, do my you, God. Do you think his footwork has gotten better since then? Yes. Yes. That's a crazy thing. It's so much better. But it's still terrible. Like, Summer League was awful. I thought he'd be in the G League for sure. So the fact that he's playing and he got 10 blocks tonight is insane in itself. So that's really how you project his ceiling, right? Because you're saying, wow, he already did this. He has so much to improve, but he's already improved on so much. So, uh, you know, that's that's a great thing. 
So when I criticize Mitch, I should be very clear that it's uh, it's not really. It's just more stuff he needs to improve on. He's doing a great job. Uh, but he has good touch around the rim. Capella kind of gets slept on in, in that manner. He has nice touch. He's not always dunking the ball. Yeah. And I think Mitch can do that as well. I I am extraordinarily excited to see what he does the rest of the year. I hope to God he remains in the starting lineup from here on out. And and one day we'll see him uh, with actual spacing because he's playing these two big lineups, and that's why we're not seeing too many lops. Totally. But when they put him at center, I'm hoping to write about that this week because they did it briefly in the Raptors game, and they were getting some good looks out of it. So Well, uh, he's operating – yeah, I know. He's operating in a starting lineup with one – complete non-shooter in Vonley right. and with someone else, Nilakina, who can't buy a bucket to save his life right now. So right. Um, the spacing isn't there. Hey, look at this. We started on a positive. We ended on a positive. Yeah. It's honestly amazing, right? <laughs> how, did, how we did this in a game that they were down by 34 to the worst offensive team in the league um, <laughs> is beyond me. But at home, nonetheless, at home. Yeah. We forgot that. Imagine paying for these tickets, man. Oh, my God. I, feel, it's, I had a... I think a couple people tweeted me that this was the one game that they were going to uh, this oh, year. Boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. They felt um, it easier, just like me. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, okay. <laughs> let's let's put this one to bed. Anything All you right. want to uh, pump up or promote or anything before we go? No, that's it. Awesome stuff out in Nick's Film School, as usual, this week. But that's uh, about it. Maybe some posting and toasting soon. And that's it. Awesome stuff. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for joining me for this one. I'm like laughing myself silly after this game. You laugh so you don't cry, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And thank you, John. I appreciate your time as usual. (laughs) Of course. All right, Knicks fans, thanks for joining us. Um, If you haven't already done so, do the whole thing. Subscribe, rate us, share. You know the drill. Uh, Knicks lose, but there's another game around the corner, so thank goodness for that. Uh, Appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you soon.